0: CHAPTER 19 OF EDUCATION This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matt Anderson Education by Ellen G. White THE BIBLE AS AN EDUCATOR HISTORY AND PROPHECY Who hath declared this from ancient time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God else. The Bible is the most ancient and most comprehensive history that men possess. It came fresh from the fountain of eternal truth, and throughout the ages a divine hand has preserved its purity. It lights up the far distant past, where human research in vain seeks to penetrate. In God's word only do we behold the power that laid the foundations of the earth, and that stretched out the heavens. Here only do we find an authentic account of the origin of nations. Here only is given a history of our race unsullied by human pride or prejudice. In the annals of human history the growth of nations, the rise and fall of empires appears dependent on the will and prowess of man. The shaping of events seems, to a great degree, to be determined by his power, ambition, or caprice. But in the word of God the curtain is drawn aside, and we behold, behind, above, and through all the play and counterplay of human interests and power and passions, the agencies of the All-Merciful One, silently, patiently working out the counsels of His own will. The Bible reveals the true philosophy of history. In those words of matchless beauty and tenderness, spoken by the Apostle Paul to the sages of Athens, is set forth God's purpose in the creation and distribution of races and nations. He hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, and find him. Acts 17, 26, twenty-seven. God declares that whosoever will may come into the bonds of the covenant. Ezekiel 20.37 In the creation it was his purpose that the earth be inhabited by beings whose existence should be a blessing to themselves and to one another, and an honor to their creator. All who will may identify themselves with this purpose. Of them it is spoken, this people have I formed for myself; they shall show forth my praise. Isaiah forty three twenty one. God has revealed in His law the principles that underlie all true prosperity, both of nations and of individuals. This is your wisdom and your understanding, Moses declared to the Israelites of the law of God. It is not a vain thing for you, because it is your life. Deuteronomy four six and 32:47 The blessings thus assured to Israel are on the same conditions and in the same degree assured to every nation and every individual under the broad heavens. The power exercised by every ruler on the earth is heaven-imparted and upon his use of the power thus bestowed his success depends. To each the word of the divine watcher is I girded thee though thou hast not known me isaiah forty five five and to each the words spoken to Nebuchadnezzar of old are the lesson of life: Break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquillity daniel four twenty seven to understand these things to understand that righteousness exalteth a nation that the throne is established by righteousness. AND UPHOLDEN BY MERCY PROVERBS 14.34 AND 16.12 AND 20.28 TO RECOGNIZE THE OUTWORKING OF THESE PRINCIPLES IN THE MANIFESTATION OF HIS POWER WHO REMOVETH KINGS, AND SETTETH UP KINGS DANIEL 2.21 THIS IS TO UNDERSTAND THE PHILOSOPHY OF HISTORY in the word of god only is this clearly set forth here it is shown that the strength of nations and of individuals is not found in the opportunities or facilities that appear to make them invincible it is not found in their boasted greatness it is measured by the fidelity with which they fulfil god's purpose an illustration of this truth is found in the history of ancient babylon to Nebuchadnezzar the king the true object of national government was represented under the figure of a great tree, whose height reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all. Under its shadow the beasts of the field dwelt, and among its branches the birds of the air had their habitation. Daniel four, eleven, and 12 this representation shows the character of a government that fulfills God's purpose, a government that protects and upbuilds the nation. God exalted Babylon that it might fulfill this purpose. Prosperity attended the nation until it reached a height of wealth and power that has never since been equaled. Fitly represented in the scriptures by the inspired symbol a head of gold. Daniel 2:38 but the king failed of recognizing the power that had exalted him. Nebuchadnezzar, in the pride of his heart, said, Is not this great Babylon, that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty? Daniel 4.30 Instead of being a protector of men, Babylon became a proud and cruel oppressor. The words of inspiration, picturing the cruelty and greed of rulers in Israel, reveal the secret of babylon's fall and of the fall of many another kingdom since the world began ye eat the fat and ye clothe you with the wool you kill them that are fed but ye feed not the flock the diseased have ye not strengthened neither have ye healed that which was sick neither have ye bound up that which was broken neither have ye brought again that which was driven away neither have ye sought that which was lost but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. Ezekiel 34, 3 and 4 To the ruler of Babylon came the sentence of the Divine Watcher. O King, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. Daniel four, thirty one. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground, there is no throne. Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Isaiah 47, 1-5 O thou that dwellest upon many waters, abundant in treasures, thine end is come, and the measure of thy covetousness. Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. I will also make it a possession for the bittern and pools of water, and I will sweep it with the besom of destruction, saith the Lord of hosts. Jeremiah 51.13 and Isaiah 13.19 and 14.23 Every nation that has come upon the stage of action has been permitted to occupy its place on the earth, that it might be seen whether it would fulfill the purpose of the Watcher and the Holy One. Prophecy has traced the rise and fall of the world's great empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. With each of these, as with nations of less power, history has repeated itself. Each had its period of test, each failed its glory faded, and its power departed, and its place was occupied by another. While the nations rejected God's principles, and in this rejection wrought their own ruin, it was still manifest that the divine, overruling purpose was working through all their movements. This lesson is taught in a wonderful symbolic representation given to the prophet Ezekiel during his exile in the land of the Chaldeans. The vision was given at a time when Ezekiel was weighed down with sorrowful memories and troubled forebodings. The land of his fathers was desolate. Jerusalem was depopulated. The prophet himself was a stranger in a land where ambition and cruelty reigned supreme. As on every hand he beheld tyranny and wrong, his soul was distressed, and he mourned day and night. But the symbols presented to him reveal the power above that of earthly rulers. Upon the banks of the river Chebar Ezekiel beheld a whirlwind seeming to come from the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof as the colour of amber. A number of wheels intersecting one another were moved by four living beings. High above all these was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And there appeared in the cherubim the form of a man's hand under their wings. Ezekiel one four twenty-six, and 10.8 The wheels were so complicated in arrangement that at first sight they appeared to be in confusion, but they moved in perfect harmony. Heavenly beings, sustained and guided by the hand beneath the wings of the cherubim, were impelling these wheels. Above them, upon the sapphire throne, was the Eternal One, and round about the throne a rainbow, the emblem of divine mercy. As the wheel-like complications were under the guidance of the hand beneath the wings of the cherubim, so the complicated play of human events is under divine control. Amidst the strife and tumult of nations, he that sitteth above the cherubim still guides the affairs of the earth the history of nations that one after another have occupied their allotted time and place unconsciously witnessing to the truth of which they themselves knew not the meaning speaks to us to every nation and to every individual of to-day god has assigned a place in his great plan TODAY MEN AND NATIONS ARE BEING MEASURED BY THE PLUMMET IN THE HAND OF HIM WHO MAKES NO MISTAKE. ALL ARE BY THEIR OWN CHOICE DECIDING THEIR DESTINY, AND GOD IS OVERRULING ALL FOR THE ACCOMPLISHMENT OF HIS PURPOSE. THE HISTORY WHICH THE GREAT I AM HAS MARKED OUT IN HIS WORD, UNITING LINK AFTER LINK IN THE PROPHETIC CHAIN FROM ETERNITY IN THE PAST TO ETERNITY IN THE FUTURE, TELLS US WHERE WE ARE TODAY IN THE PROCESSION OF THE AGES and what may be expected in the time to come. All that prophecy has foretold is coming to pass until the present time has been traced on the pages of history, and we may be assured that all which is yet to come will be fulfilled in its order. The final overthrow of all earthly dominions is plainly foretold in the word of truth. In the prophecy uttered when sentence from God was pronounced, upon the last king of Israel is given the message, Thus saith the Lord God, Remove the diadem and take off the crown. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more, until he come whose right it is, and I will give it him. Ezekiel twenty one, twenty six and twenty seven. The crown removed from Israel passed successfully to the kingdoms of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. GOD SAYS, IT SHALL BE NO MORE, UNTIL HE COME, WHOSE RIGHT IT IS, AND I WILL GIVE IT HIM. THAT TIME IS AT HAND. TODAY THE SIGNS OF THE TIMES DECLARE THAT WE ARE STANDING ON THE THRESHOLD OF THE GREAT AND SOLEMN EVENTS. EVERYTHING IN OUR WORLD IS IN AGITATION. BEFORE OUR EYES IS FULFILLING THE SAVIOR'S PROPHECY OF THE EVENTS TO precede HIS COMING. YE SHALL HEAR OF WARS AND RUMORS OF WARS. NATION SHALL RISE AGAINST NATION, AND KINGDOM AGAINST KINGDOM, AND THERE SHALL BE FAMINES, AND PESTILENCES, AND EARTHQUAKES IN DIVERSE PLACES. MATTHEW 24, 6, 7 THE PRESENT IS A TIME OF OVERWHELMING INTEREST TO ALL LIVING. RULERS AND STATESMEN, MEN WHO OCCUPY POSITIONS OF TRUST AND AUTHORITY, THINKING MEN AND WOMEN OF ALL CLASSES, HAVE THEIR ATTENTION FIXED UPON THE EVENTS TAKING PLACE ABOUT US. They are watching the strained, restless relations that exist among nations, they observe the intensity that is taking possession of every earthly element, and they recognize that something great and decisive is about to take place, that the world is on the verge of a stupendous crisis. Angels are now restraining the winds of strife, that they not blow until the world shall be warned of its coming doom. But a storm is gathering, ready to burst upon the earth and when God shall bid his angels loose the winds, there shall be such a scene of strife as no pen can picture. The Bible, and the Bible only, gives a correct view of these things. Here are revealed the great and final scenes in the history of our world, events that are already casting their shadows before, the sound of their approach causing the earth to tremble, and men's hearts to fail them for fear. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant, therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. The mirth of tabrets ceaseth, the noise of them that rejoice endeth, the joy of harp ceaseth. Isaiah 24 1-8 Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. The seed is rotten under their clods, the garners are laid desolate, the barns are broken down, for the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed, because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate, the vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Joel one fifteen through eighteen and twelve. I am pained at my very heart. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down. Jeremiah 4, 19, 20 And 23-26 Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Jeremiah 37 Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed isaiah twenty six twenty because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling psalms ninety one nine and ten, the mighty God, even the Lord hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion the perfection of beauty God hath shined. Our God shall come, and shall not keep silence. He shall call to the heavens above, and to the earth, that he may judge his people. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Psalms fifty one 1-3, and fifty four through 6 REVISED VERSION O daughter of Zion, the Lord shall redeem thee from the hands of thine enemies. Now also many nations are gathered against thee, that say, Let her be defiled, and let her eye look upon Zion. But they know not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understand they his counsel. Because they call thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. I will restore health unto thee and I will heal thee of thy wounds saith the lord I will bring against the captivity of jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling places Micah 4:10 through 12 and jeremiah 30:17 and 18 And it shall be said in that day lo this is our god we have waited for him and he will save us this is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. He will swallow up death and victory, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. Isaiah twenty-five nine eight. 8 Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down; for the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king isaiah thirty three twenty through twenty two with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth isaiah eleven four Then will the purpose of God be fulfilled. The principles of his kingdom will be honored by all beneath the sun. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy wall salvation, and thy gates praise. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. And from terror for it shall not come near thee. Isaiah 6.18 and 54.14 The prophets to whom these great scenes were revealed longed to understand their import. They inquired and searched diligently, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you, which things the angels desired to look into. Peter 1.10-12 To us who are standing on the very verge of their fulfillment, of what deep moment, what living interest are these delineations of the things to come? Events from which, since our first parents turned their steps from Eden, God's children have watched and waited, longed and prayed. At this time, before the great final crisis, as before the world's first destruction, men are absorbed in the pleasures and the pursuits of sense. Engrossed with the seen and transitory, they have lost sight of the unseen and eternal. For the things that perish with the using, they are sacrificing imperishable riches. Their minds need to be uplifted, their views of life be broadened, they need to be aroused from the lethargy of worldly dreaming. From the rise and fall of nations as made plain in the pages of Holy Writ, they need to learn how worthless is mere outward and worldly glory. Babylon, with all its power and its magnificence, the like of which our world has never since beheld, power and magnificence which to the people of that day seemed so stable and enduring, how completely has it passed away! As the flower of the grass it has perished so perishes all that has not God for its foundation. Only that which is bound up with His purpose and expresses His character can endure. His principles are the only steadfast things our world knows. It is these great truths that old and young need to learn. We need to study the working out of God's purpose in the history of nations and in the revelation of things to come, that we may estimate at their true value things seen and things unseen that we may learn what is the true aim of life, that, viewing the things of time in the light of eternity, we may put them in their truest and noblest use. Thus, learning here the principles of His kingdom and becoming its subjects and citizens, we may be prepared at His coming to enter with Him into its possession. The day is at hand, for the lessons to be learned, the work to be done, the transformation of character to be effected. The time remaining is but too brief a span. Behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesieth of the times that are far off. Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, There shall be none of my words be prolonged any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord God. Ezekiel 12.27.28 End of chapter 19